Good morning, IntelliGamers. Today is Thursday, July 27th. I'm Josh Boykin, founder of IntelliGame.us. You're listening to another edition of IntelliGame Radio. Over the past couple of days, we've had some pretty intense discussions here on IntelliGame Radio. I really appreciate everybody who has tuned in for those discussions, and I hope that they've helped to illuminate situations that you may not have been informed about or given an opportunity to pause or think. A couple people have called in, and I want to play those call-ins to give an opportunity for those folks to speak their mind and have their voices heard as well. I just heard your um, the segment, I think it was, um, about suicide and just wanted to say, well done, big huge well done. <clears throat> um, I love the authenticity on here and people, you know, speaking up about these things that need to be spoken about. It can be very difficult. Um, I do it around around my mental health. Um, and I think you said that you didn't articulate it very well. Well, absolutely you did. I think when it comes to discussing these type of issues, um, just getting the word out there is good. And no one should judge anybody um, for speaking up about these things. So um, I hope this finds you in, uh, in a better place. And just wanted to say well done. Thank you for that call in, Simon. And... I think it's important for us to have discussions around mental health to help erase some of the stigma that comes with talking about anxiety or depression. I have found that in my experience interacting with video game professionals, people adjacent to the industry, that mental health, discussions of mental health are more common than I anticipated. That there are a number of folks who are dealing with anxiety and depression and more serious illnesses that they have to deal with from day to day. I think the more discussions we have, the more that we can bring them into light and common practice. Not only does that help people who are struggling with those situations to cope and to find people to have those discussions with, but it also helps to illuminate those situations for folks who may be going through those problems themselves. I have had issues with anxiety and depression and it wasn't until I started going to therapy fairly recently that I was like, oh, well, here's uh, here are some words I need to integrate into my lexicon, like self-care. <laughs> like, um, I need to make sure that I take care of my mind in the same way that it's important to take care of my body because they both have limited amounts of energy and resources and deserve attention. Unfortunately, when our focus comes back into mental health as a result of tragedy, like Chester Bennington's suicide, there's, um, there's a dark cloud that shows up over that discussion. But hopefully, as we go through and find some of the silver 
linings that come from the memorials of those people as we think more introspectively and possibly, you know, as look out for others. Hopefully these things will help make the world a better place. Though the hope would be that we would reach the point where we make sure that people who are going through those incidents are able to get the help that they need. So thank you for chiming in and uh, thank you for being a part of the discussion. Hello, Intelligame Radio. I'm Malcolm Dixon from Intel Gaming Radio. And I actually just felt like I needed to call in because usually I kind of stick like myself into a corner when it comes to all of this political stuff. But honestly, when I heard about this at work, I honestly was kind of confused. Usually we, I figured that as a country, we would all want to stick together on things like this. But apparently now that we're trying to alienate folk, um, I'd like to quote General Shepard from MW2. I've lost 30,000 men in the blink of an eye in the world just watched. But tomorrow there'll be no shortage of patriots, no shortage of volunteers. But now it seems that we're alienating some of them. And honestly, I don't know why. But hopefully we'll figure something out to end this issue once and for all. Hello, Intelligame Radio. I'm Malcolm Dixon from Intel Gaming Radio. And I actually just felt like I needed to call in because usually I kind of stick like myself into a corner when it comes to all of this political stuff. But honestly, when I heard about this at work, I honestly was kind of confused. Usually we, I figured that as a country, we would all want to stick together on things like this. But apparently now that we're trying to alienate folk, um, I'd like to quote General Shepard from MW2. I've lost 30,000 men in the blink of an eye in the world just watched. But tomorrow there'll be no shortage of patriots, no shortage of volunteers. But now it seems that we're alienating some of them. And honestly, I don't know why. But hopefully we'll figure something out to end this issue once and for all. Thanks for that call in, Malcolm. I think it's an interesting quote you bring in from Modern Warfare 2. General Shepard references the 30,000 troops lost during nuclear detonation in the original Modern Warfare. Then talks about how, assumedly, the conflict that takes place throughout Modern Warfare 2 will incentivize more people to join the fight and join into war. Much of the discussion yesterday, at least at the beginning of the day, swirled around the idea that the ban on transgender people being in the military was a distraction. The idea that this was a attempt to steer us away from discussions of collusion with Russia and possible impeachment and whatnot. The counter discussion that showed up that I do think is important uh, was basically a statement, transgender people are not a distraction that regardless of what political game playing and tactics may be going on, we cannot forget that there are actual individuals whose lives are targeted and could be potentially changed forever as a result of this political game playing. So the idea is that we need to keep our eyes 
on both objectives at the same time. I do think that this idea of, of thinking about the actions taking place as a, as a, a strange tactic of some kind, it does feel straight out of House of Cards, which perhaps I've been watching too much of lately. But I do want to make sure that as we have these discussions about policy and about uh, society, that we're keeping that focus on the people who are involved, the people who are, are directly affected by these policies and changes. Because I do think that that is a part of making sure that we have our, our focus on solutions that will actually prove to be beneficial. Now, given there is this idea that we did talk a little bit about yesterday, the idea that if somebody is fully able to carry out the duties of a service person in the military, why are they not being allowed to do so? They're volunteering. Nobody's been drafted. And if they are serving, and there are transgender people currently serving in the military. They've been doing their jobs, being willing to stand up for our country. So why? What does, what does this mean? And functionally, why would we prevent people from volunteering in our military if they are ready, willing, and able to do the job? So I do think there are a couple of layers there. And as we continue to have discussions around some of these more political statements or situations, I hope that you continue to to feel um, to feel like you should step out and speak. I think that there are these situations where, though having discussions about politics can be uh, dangerous, can feel dangerous or off-putting, that if we don't have discussions about them, we don't have an opportunity to figure out whether or not our viewpoints are sound, are sound. and possibly gives the opportunity for us to miss things that are critically important. So thank you for being willing to have that discussion and thank you for your input. What would it be like to play Fallout and never be able to fire a gun? Or what would it be like to play Skyrim and never be able to swing a sword? Or do a dragon shout? Essentially, what are these open-world exploration sandbox RPGs like when you can't fight? That is the question that Yonder the Cloudcatcher Chronicles seems to be asking. And so far, in the first couple hours that I've played it, I've been really intrigued by its answer. You start off on a boat that, of course, ends up in a storm and crashes. Uh, you are summoned by spirits that tell you that you can help save this world from this devastation called Merc. You do that by gathering sprites. These sprites have the power, when brought together, to clear the Merc from the world. It's a absolutely gorgeous game that feels very whimsical, kind of lighthearted. Uh, it's definitely a game that kids K-12 
can play and appreciate alongside adults. But its primary draw for me is its non-violent mechanic. You run through the hills of this somewhat idyllic setting that cycles between day and night, has storms and rain, sunshine, sunsets, sunrises. You meet different characters, and you're asked to take on quests just the same way that you would if you were playing a game like Skyrim or Fallout. Go to this location and gather these things for me, go and plant X number of insert seeds, go catch these fish and bring them back. Somehow this scratches the same itch for me as playing those sandbox RPGs. And for anybody who's been a longtime listener of Intelligame, you also know that I have a bad habit of gathering far too many side quests. Now the interesting thing about this game is that there is no leveling up. When you, when you complete a quest, you may have an item that you've gathered as a result, but there are, so far, doesn't seem to be a skill tree or a, you know, way that I can level up. Instead, it just gives me a little counter that says, hey, you completed this. There are X number of quests left in this area. I have to say that thus far, <laughs> it's actually kind of peaceful. It takes a little bit of stress out being able to just say like, oh, I guess there are some other things to do in this area. And people are being helped, but I don't feel the need to be at level 17, level 19, level 21. I am also still fairly early into the game. Now it does offer a lot of customization, uh, any number of different clothing options and hairstyles, and you can even find shampoos in game that allow you to change your hair. But most of this seems to be cosmetic. <clears throat> you can also create a farm. And on that farm, you can create lodgings and stables, go bring in animals and take care of them. There's all sorts of building involved. So far, it feels like what people have told me they've enjoyed about the city building or the base building aspect of Fallout 4 just without having to kill the stuff in between. I'm hoping that this turns out to be something that I'm still really compelled by. In fact, tonight when we stream, if we end up getting through Emily as a way too, we may end up taking on a little bit of Yonder. So if you're interested in seeing it, you should swing by the stream. But otherwise, uh, expect to hear more about Yonder, the Cloudcatcher Chronicles, as I continue through the game. Have you ever played a game where a mechanic or a character or a particular action just made you feel a little uncomfortable in a way that you didn't expect? Antihero did that for me. It's a digital board game set in sort of a Victorian era England. You play as a master thief who is battling against another master thief for control of a neighborhood. And of course, as thieves, you're using any number of ne'er-do-well-like tendencies to take control of the neighborhood. Burglary and any sort of violence, those are all the name of the game. Now, 
primarily as the master thief in this game, you get things done by hiring underlings. And any time that you scout out a new building that can offer you resources, maybe money to hire more underlings, lanterns to increase your capabilities, you have to control them with urchins, essentially street kids. You hire the street kids in, they go to the building, and then they control it, and you get the resource that that building provides. Later in the game, a very powerful counter-resource is the truant officer, and the truant officer is the character that makes me uncomfortable. Now, the truant officer can go to any enemy-controlled building and force all of its urchins off the space, which can be really powerful when a, when a space has been upgraded uh, later on can even remove victory points from the enemy. That said, the truant officer does not show up and just wrap a ruler on the knuckles of these kids posted in a building. Instead, the truant officer shows up with a horse and buggy. He's a very long-faced, kind of creepy, almost ghoulish man. When he shows up, he says something like, Hello, poppets, or I've been looking for you, or something like that and the back of this buggy looks kind of like a cage so when the truant officer goes into the space and then you see the little like struggle that seems to be happening in the back of this cage looking cagey looking basket or buggy it makes you feel not great <laughs> there are any number of games that you can play where you are the the anti-hero and you're hiring goons and thugs and guards, <clears throat> committing assassinations, those kinds of things. But there's something about this truant officer, a, a token in the game that becomes really critical to counteracting enemy strategies. It's a, it's a tool that I cannot think of a way to not use, but it does make me feel a whole lot less heroic when I use it. I think it was really interesting that they were able to come up with this small design tweak that maybe stretched further than they expected. It made me feel a little bit more like an anti-hero. Now the game itself is a lot of fun. It's a digital board game. It utilizes some fog of war in interesting ways, so you can explore parts of the board and have information that your opponents don't have. And it's Always cool to see the ways that digital board games work in ways that physical board games either would really struggle to or simply can't. Uh, but we'll talk more about the mechanics of Antihero later. I still do have, I'd imagine, another few hours to go into it before I could fully encapsulate my thoughts. In the meantime, I'd love to hear about game mechanics or characters or events that made you feel differently than you anticipated. Maybe they kind of creeped you out and made you feel not as comfortable with the role you played in the game. Maybe it was the opposite. Maybe you did something unexpected and it made you feel really powerful or more valid in your actions. I'd love to hear about them. Go ahead and use that call-in button if you're listening here on Anchor. Maybe you'll hear your story here on Intelligame Radio. Today is Thursday which means we have another edition of Let's Intelliplay right around the corner. From 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time, we'll be streaming over at twitch.tv slash Let's Intelligame. Today, we'll be taking on Emily is Away 2, 
We'll be continuing our playthrough from last week of the Visual Novel slash AOL Instant Messenger Simulator. If we have some time at the end, we're going to go through Nikki Case's The Evolution of Trust, which is a new instructable game that's actually available for free <coughs> on the internet. Nikki Case is a fantastic game developer. They put together We Become What We Behold, which is an interesting discussion or statement on the role of media and media consumption in society. The Evolution of Trust uses concepts of game theory to help us have a discussion about why the internet can feel so shitty and why we have discussions about fake news and why it seems like we have this all-time low amount of trust and the ways that the systems around us may help incentivize those feelings. I played through it a couple times today and I think it's really compelling so I hope you will join me for playing through it and talking about it. Again, that's 5 p.m. to 9 p.m at twitch.tv slash let's intelligame. I'm sorry, that's 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time. Not everybody lives in the Pacific time zone. You can also tap the link that'll be right here in the description and that will pop you up to the channel. You can go ahead and hit that follow button uh, and enable those notifications and anytime Intelligame goes live, you'll get the heads up. So uh, keep the call-ins and whatnot coming. I love to hear from you and we will take those on if not tonight then tomorrow morning. But in the meantime, looking forward to seeing you on the stream.